Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Welcome from me, Ken Rundle, and Philip Cosgrave, Yara's country grassland specialist. As promised, we're talking early grazing this time, which in some areas will seem like wishful thinking but must be planned for. Philip, this is always a nervous time, wondering what we're looking forward to exactly. How would you summarise the picture as far as graziers are concerned? Yeah, I guess um, the end of 2023 finished up that maybe a lot of farmers probably removed livestock from from paddocks and fields a little bit earlier than they had planned um, because of the wet weather. So I think what we have is that we have um, probably, and because of the mild winter, and even though it has been very wet, but the mild winter, basically, grass has continued to grow. So we kind of what we have is probably farmers with a bit more grass and paddocks and fields than they probably um, would normally have. And certainly with that uh, amount of, of rain, we would think that this should kind of feed back that, um, you know, soils will be more depleted in nitrogen than probably previous years um, and, and probably sulfur for that matter as well. The whole business of silage carried forward is that there was plenty of silage being made last back end, but um, is the quality good enough and have folk got enough of it? And I'm not too sure, but the, the, the quality of the quality of it probably is is probably average, Ken, though, though that, that particularly that silage that's produced into late September, early October, and um, farmers got to save it. But I think from what I'm hearing is that, um, yeah, that, that, you know, most farmers are probably okay for fodder, but um, it will. Some of them will begin to, I suppose, become under under pressure. You know, if we've an extended kind of uh, a late spring, um, that we can't get livestock out to grass. Well, as I said, we're focusing on early grazing, and that needs early grass growth. And obviously, the right time will vary up and down, or even around the country, and what it is that farmers are needing the grazing for, of course. But you have some interesting observations on kickstarting that early bite. Yes, Ken. And I guess it's important to, um, I suppose, point out that, you know, the, the right time for um, one farmer in the southwest is going to be a different time than a farmer up in Scotland or up in Northern Ireland, for that matter. Um, so it's actually picking, I suppose, you're looking for a couple of key things um, to line up. So I guess the first thing would be that soil temperatures need to be adequate. So you're looking at that kind of um, five to six degrees and rising. And, and it's interesting to see that that soil temperatures haven't dropped back like they have in other years. Um, and I think we're running at maybe a kind of an average soil temperatures nearly about two, two degrees Celsius above normal for this time of the year. So in a lot of places, soil temperatures are are good. Um, but I guess the other thing is that we need to have the right soil conditions and the right weather forecast. And, and typically we, you know, we can have really nice weather in January um, followed by, you know, weather turning really poor then in, in February. So, you know, it's it's a matter of kind of balancing um, you know, being uh, cognizant with with where you where you're farming. Um, and I suppose experience from, you know, when grass kind of tends to start growing in, in, in your area. But you know, if we put on some nitrogen or get some nitrogen, whether it's in a bag bag form or whether it's in organic manures, you know, by putting it on a little bit earlier, and um, we do promote grass growth. Um, you know, and this is something that this is really important, I suppose, when we go into springtime to try and promote grass growth so that we can get livestock out to grass and maintain them out there. So the early nitrogen almost kick starts is what we were saying earlier. It, it 
it, it just stimulates things, which would almost be counterintuitive, you'd think, that uh, you'd have to wait till the grass grew before it used the nitrogen. What you're saying is that early application actually gets the grass moving. Yes, it does. And it's it's surprising. It could be it can be two weeks um, of a difference there in, in, in um, you know, when the, the, the response to um, some early nitrogen on, on, on grass. But obviously, there has to be other things have to line up as well, Ken, that um, obviously the weather conditions um, need to be um, appropriate as well. And soil conditions need to be appropriate at the time as well. Because it is, it is that's a, it's a risky decision. There is a risk involved that folk have got to be prepared for. There is. Um, and because, you know, if, if we're uh, looking to apply that first application, say, on a lot of farms, we would hope to apply that first application of nitrogen in in february time maybe early february depending where you are early february to early march depending on from kind of going from south to to north um but certainly you know last year we had some great um in 2023 with some great i suppose weather in in february and then um the weather didn't turn um it wasn't so good then when it went to into into march but certainly um it is a risk but i suppose the risk is that weather turns that I suppose growth, uh, I suppose is is poor, but the opposite of that is that if if the weather says anyway kind of um, conducive to grass growth, that you know it is going to mean that you're going to have more grass available by a certain by a certain date. What kind of application rates are you talking about? We're talking about for this first application, if it's going out in February, whether it's early February or towards the end of February, we're looking at something like maybe twenty kilos of of nitrogen. Um, so in product terms, that's 80 kilos of a product like Yarabella Nutri Booster. So that's kind of the, the application rates. We're talking about that first application and then coming up, following on then in March for that second application in March, then um, which, you know, you're looking at maybe somewhere between the 10 and 20th of March. You're looking about putting on another 40 kgs of N there. So that's what around about 160 kgs of a product like like Nutri Booster, which is a can based product with sulfur. But if you and this is where it's important to look at if if looking at your soil results and looking at nutrient management plans, if you know there's a requirement for P and K, it's important that you get maybe a product like um, Stock Booster S out there at that time, which has got phosphate, potash, and sulfur in it. So that's an important point because we know that. Um, soils that have a requirement for phosphate um, will respond to, particularly respond very well to phosphate applications in, in, in spring. You're not ignoring the benefits of using slurry or any other organic top dressing either, are you? No, and, and this is where we can, and I suppose it's important, I suppose, point, point out, Ken, that with slurry, um, more, more or less the, the, the slurry that that was that that silage um, was fed for fed to livestock that produced that slurry. And that slurry then basically by right should go back onto silage ground, if at all possible, because it's a, it, basically it's, um, I suppose, taking into account that obviously the, the, the removal of, of nutrients from that silage area. Um, and this is the most effective way and cost effective way of putting those nutrients back is through slurry. But if you are going to apply slurry, say, because there's low nutrient indices, whether it's for phosphate or potash, and you are using slurry, yes, um, it you can replace slurry with mineral nitrogen. 
So we're looking at to give you the equivalent of about 20 kgs of 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 mineral nitrogen per hectare. And um, you're looking at an application of been around about, you know, 20 cubic meters of of slurry because there's around about one kg of available N in a, in a cubic meter of slurry. So you're looking at applications on grazing for around about um, 20 cubic meters. But it's important that you look at the, the paddocks that that's been applied on. Obviously, if there's paddocks with higher covers, you don't want to go and apply slurry on that. And obviously, we want to try and get apply that slurry with some sort of um, low emission equipment like trailing shoe or trailing hose. So um yeah be careful where you apply that slurry and um, we would say that you apply that slurry probably with 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 grass covers that are um your lower grass covers so that you're not going to um contaminate that grass um for grazing if you want to graze that towards the end of february because a lot of cows are going to start calving um in both um the uk and ireland in the coming in the coming weeks and I suppose the hope is that those cows then after they calve, when they calve, can be put out to grass for um, to graze for, a you know, a couple of hours at, at a minimum each day um, because there's a real benefit there for the cow, but also um, for the economics of it as well. I've been at a couple of conferences this year where the production costs and reducing production costs and coping strategies have been to the fore. But you were telling me earlier of something uh, other observations by experts from Ireland's respected research organisation, Shagas, about reduced N applications. We've had a, a couple of, of meetings um, in, in Ireland recently, and we had a, two speakers um, from Chagas kind of covering this whole area. Um, and I guess the the important, I suppose, point is that if you, if you look at the amount of nitrogen being used on, on, on farms, and I think this is speaking in particular here for the Republic of Ireland, but if you look at the fertilizer statistics and fertilizer use statistics for Northern Ireland or even in, in GB, you know, the amount of nitrogen that has been um, used now has, has declined since, um, certainly since 2022. And in some areas it's been declining, you know, from a number of years previously, but certainly from 2022, we've seen a quicker decline in nitrogen use. And look, we're not saying that um, farmers need to apply more nitrogen. In some cases, if you're, I suppose, if I suppose the, the point was made by these people from Chagas that if you're looking to, um, I suppose, maintain the same level of, of, of stock on your farm and the same production levels on your farm, um, you need to be very careful with how much you reduce your nitrogen application rates by. Because I guess the amount of grass being utilised on um, dairy farms in the Republic of Ireland has declined over the last three years which is not good and some of that you know we can make up some of those differences in nitrogen applications by you know we're using more white clover and swords now we're using more red clover and that obviously has a has a part to play in why nitrogen use has declined but we need to be very careful that if we're not producing enough grass and we're not utilizing enough grass on our farms well then the impact of that is, is that we're going to have to replace that with something else, with something bought in, whether that's bought in forage. So you're buying round bales or clam silage from other farmers or maize silage from other farmers, or you're buying more bought in concentrate. And both of those two options um, are not as cost effective as growing your own grass and utilizing your own grass. And I suppose in part, just some figures, key figures that were put out, um, the cost of producing grass, so this can cost, includes fertilizer, um, reseeding, a land charge. Um, the figure was 11 cent per kg dry matter, in around about 11 cent per kg of dry matter produced. Um, whereas if you're gonna produce silage, it's in and around about, you know, between say 
25 to 28 cent per kg of dry matter. That's 28. Then, we're talking cents here, cents and euros here, aren't you? Aren't we? Yes, yes. Cents and euros, uh, Ken. Not, per, not but, per cent, just to clarify that in case anybody misheard. Yeah, no, that, that's that's important to point out, Ken. Well done. Um, and then for for purchase concentrates, it works out at around about between maybe 35 and 40 cent per kg dry matter. So there's a huge difference there in the cost of um, those different feed sources. So it's just important to bear in mind that we know that fertilizer has been a, has particularly in 2022 was very expensive. It declined last year and it's probably going to be in and around about probably the same this year. But at the same time, we need to be um, mindful that if we reduce our nitrogen um, application rates, we have to make sure that we're still growing the same amount of grass some way. Um, and because otherwise, um, it's going to cost us in the long run. Yeah, it's looking at the whole system. Again, it's not just focusing on one, two little bits. So I'm dealing with fertilizer, so I'll only deal with that aspect of it. You've got to look at your whole system. Are you, are you robbing Peter to pay Paul and those kind of things? Well, Let's summarize then, Philip. What would you say your key messages are in this podcast? I think the first thing is that farmers need to, uh, I suppose we've talked about nutrient management planning before, but I suppose where they want to put that slurry, that early slurry out um, and to pr prioritize it. But I suppose following on from that, it's, um, I suppose, looking to, to get an appropriate amount of fertilizer out early um, to stimulate grass growth. And as I said, we're talking about 20 kgs in that first application, which is, as I said, around about 80 kgs of product like NutriBooster. So get that on, um, you know, good with soil temperatures, but appropriate um, soil conditions and, a, and a, you know, a, um, a good long range forecast as well. Some timely advice there from Philip Cosgrave, Yara's country grassland specialist. Thanks. And the both of us will be with you again in a couple of weeks' time when the attention turns to preparation for that all-important first cut of silage. I'm Ken Rundle, and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.